Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, um, glory, glory, glory. Glory to God for the last Sunday in January. Amen. Hallelujah. We have had a month to prepare for all that's ahead in 2004. And so that's what Pastor and I have been doing is we've been preparing. And I know you have. You've been preparing and seeking God and, you know, uh, praying about the vision, praying about the plans of God for your life. The Lord showed us in prayer one night, this has been two or three weeks ago, a book of plans. And it was the book of plans for Word of Life Church. We just saw a little glimpse in the vision that there was a book of plans. We've been asking him to let us read the plans on the page. You know, we didn't see anything on the page, but we know there's a book of plans just for this church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. And you know, it was so funny because that was right the week before God told us about angel food. And in the prayer room, here's what we prayed. We said, we said, Lord, there's these plans and there's things on these pages. And when you turn the page, there's there, some of the things that were on the page before aren't on this page. And we didn't even, and then the next, like the next Wednesday, I believe it was on a Wednesday, God spoke to us and said, and pastor had preached Sunday before kill angel food. He didn't even know, he was, I mean, not kill angel food, <laughs> kill, kill the vision is what, kill the old vision. He didn't know he was going to have to kill angel food. Hallelujah. And we didn't know that the, when we flipped that page that angel food wasn't going to be on the next page, you know. We didn't know that. Hallelujah. But God knows, doesn't he? Amen. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me at the beginning of the year, he gave me four things, and I'll give you all of them eventually. I'll give you two of them tonight. But one of them was um, to, be, uh, to, to get ready to obey spontaneously and quickly in 2004, that we had to be ready to obey spontaneously and quickly. And so that's what we did when God just showed us that angel food couldn't go forth. We didn't sit around and tarry and think about it. We obeyed instantly. And this, another thing that he told me for 2004 was to get ready to change. Get ready to change. We're going to all have to change in two, 2004. We're going to have to change in 2004. You just get ready. Some of us are going to have to change more than others. The whole body of Christ is going to have to change in 2004. That's just, I mean, that's just it in a nutshell. we got to change. Amen. In fact, one of the things the Lord told me about this church, and I'm going to, came forth in the prayer room tonight, and she didn't even know why she said it, but the came forth in the prayer room, open your mouth and I will fill it. So I'm coming up here tonight and open my, opening my mouth and God's going to fill it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but, um, uh, ooh, hallelujah. Well, I, that, that was good because that made me forget what I was going to say and that was probably going to get ahead of myself. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So, so hallelujah. You're going to have to change in 2004. The whole body. No, worldwide. Worldwide. But I can tell you, the United States body of Christ, the, let's say the Western world body of Christ, going to have to do more changing than any other part. We need to change. Amen. Hallelujah. And... Uh, that's what you, you, it's so funny because last summer, right in the middle of the summer, I know that I began hearing in my heart and I began even reading from people that I read after uh, that they were speaking what the Holy Ghost was saying was change, 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 change. The new, the new, the new, change, change. And even one time, I remember it was in July, I told Pastor, I said, man, change is so thick in the air you could cut it with a knife. 
And, uh, of course, some of those things are things that you begin to sense in the spirit ahead of time, you know. But, you know, God was bringing about a change. And so all this fall and stuff, we've been praying about change. I've been listening to the people, like I said, that I listen to, Lynn Hammond, Billy Brim, people like that, Brother Copeland, uh, and the people that I listen to, and they're all saying, you know, change the new, the new, and they're that's what that's what uh, Lynn Hammond's uh, prayer group that meets every morning and prays early in the morning. That's all they've been praying about is change and the new and the new, and we've been praying it. We've been getting an agreement, <laughs> and then it just dawned on me recently. I'm telling you, I'm like, duh. I mean, I'm like, what's wrong with me? God's not going to change. He's, you know, I preached that recently. I, oh, I think it was in healing school. I am the Lord. I change not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just hit me. God's not going to change. Guess who's going to have to change? Guess who's going to be doing the changing in 2004? And God's been getting us ready for it. We're going to have to change. It's us. It's not him. He doesn't have a problem. He doesn't need to change anything. We need to change some stuff. And we have to change. And what I was going to tell you this while ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said to, to tell y'all, and you know, no, this is not condemnation. This is just fact to tell you, you'd gone as far as you could go in prosperity until you changed some stuff. You've bought, you've topped it out. See, we've pressed, we've really pressed and we've gotten up there a ways, but we're going to have to change some stuff if we want to go further in prosperity. Amen. Gonna have to make some changes. Some of them are not gonna be pleasant. Some of them are not gonna be pleasant. Some of the changes that we have to make. You know, it hurts the, you know, and changing from angel food wasn't, you know, it was like, you know, it was painful. We cried a day or two, or I mean, you know, not cry, cry, but just like, oh God, it was sweet. It was special. It was a blessing. It was, you know, it was ministering to people. And, you know, I cried for Mary Dawkins because I knew Mary Dawkins was going to be disappointed. And I didn't want to disappoint Miss Mary Dawkins. I mean, I just don't want to let her down, you know. And you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, her, some of them I was like, where were you? I really, I felt like some of them came in and it's like, well, we just heard about it this month. And I said, well, I was thinking to myself, well, where were you for 27 months? You know, I like, I didn't have, but Mary Dawkins, boy, she is there. Sid Davis, man, he was there. They bought a box every month from the first month. Amen. So it's like, hallelujah. So you didn't want to let people down. And so some of that was part of the you know, the grief and everything, but hallelujah, got to change, got to let go, got to let God, got to let him be the boss, he's the boss, amen, if he's not the boss, something's way wrong, isn't it, amen, in the church and in our, our individual lives, is he, if he's not the boss, so letting him be the boss, hallelujah, hallelujah, well, uh, so we've gone as far as we can go, until we change some things. You know, uh, the pipe's clogged. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit spoke. The pipe's clogged. He said the pipe is clogged at Word of Life Church. And I thought, oh good, I get to be Drano tonight. <laughs> no, I'm going to let the Holy Ghost be liquid plumber tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glo uh, amen. The Holy Ghost going to unclog our pipe tonight. Amen. Because we got to do some changing. And uh, the Holy Ghost spoke to me this morning. He said, tell the church it's the little things. It's the little things. It's the little things that put us over, and it's the little things that put us under, isn't it? It's not the big things. It's not the big things. See, we want it to be the big things. We want it to be, but God, I'm saved. 
God, I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, it's like, I got the big things right. But yeah, but we don't got the little things right. Amen. We got the big things right. We just don't got the little things all right yet. All over the body of Christ, myself included, got to change. Amen. And uh, what, I'll tell you why we got to change. Remember uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin? Y'all still remember him? You know, when he prophet, he's prophesied, he's a prophet. He was. I, I guess he still is. I don't know what he is in heaven now. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, uh, and, and they used to say of him, we've said it of him, and they said of him, foremost prophet in the land. Anybody ever heard that? And foremost prophet in the land. I thought, yeah, we think that when he says something we like. Well, he ain't nothing when we, he says something we don't like, you know. But uh, he said in Winter Bible last year, February of 2003, he said, 2000, he talked about 2003 would be a year of opportunity. Amen. 2004, we'd have more in 2004. He's worth where we got the more in 2004. He's one that started it by the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost started it. Uh, 2004 be 2004 going to be a year of recovery if we'll change recovering all that was lost all that was stolen if we'll do some changing and obey God in some areas amen hallelujah I'm excited about that but then he said 2005 be your judgment wasn't talking to the world he's talking to the church because he said you know how we know because he said but if we'll judge ourselves we'll not be judged Amen. So 2005, and you know, he, well, let me just read it to you. I just won't leave you hanging. He, he groaned, he cried. He, you know, it was not pleasant, the things God was showing him. And this was a long prophecy, but I'll just show you that part. What about 2005? Will time last or will it cease? 2005. Oh, oh my. Again, weeping. My, my, my. And then he spoke in tongues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Year of judgment. Judgment, if we judge ourselves, will not be judged. But when we are judged, we're turned over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. There will be judgment on the individual realm. There will be judgment in the family realm. And there will be judgment on the national level. A day of sternness, a day of discipline, a day of correction. But the end of the year will be glorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amends shall be made. Many shall judge themselves. Nations will turn to God and it'll end in a glorious manner. So, you know, we can't just take the good, oh, 2004, a year or more. And we'll just skip that other part, Lord. No, we got to take it all, don't we? You know, we got to eat our vegetables. Amen. Can't just eat the dessert. Got to eat our vegetables. Amen. <laughs> glory to God. Well, glory. Uh, one of the areas, I'm trying to think, okay, how the Lord, how do you want to say this? You know, I've noticed that loving people and being interested in people, in other people, doesn't come naturally. Have you noticed that doesn't come naturally in loving people? And I mean, it's just not something natural. I've noticed that what comes naturally to us as human beings is to be selfish and self-centered. Have you ever noticed how selfish children are? I know Carter is so selfish. I mean, we have to, they beat him and whip him because he's selfish. I mean, you know, she, Caitlin can just want one little toy. I mean, he's got all these army men. She can want one, and he will just rip it out of her hand. I mean, and just like, no, and that's my toy. And, you know, because what comes naturally, selfishness just comes so naturally to us. Amen? And uh, 
I know that, you know, it's the same. I know it's but works both ways there with both of those kids. I mean, I'm not saying one's more than the other. It's just, you know, we could just, all of all the kids, all kids are that way. Uh, but loving people and being interested in other people, for us, it doesn't come naturally. It's something we cultivate. It's something we decide to do. It's something we take on. Um, loving God doesn't come naturally. Loving God's not a natural thing to do. It's something we choose to do. Putting Jesus' desires above our desires, does that come naturally to y'all? Do y'all just naturally wake up in the morning and want to do the Jesus thing? Or do y'all, are y'all like me and you just, and that doesn't come naturally, but it's something that I have, you know, I have to just decide every morning. No, 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 you know, because in the, in the natural me, I could just get up and turn the TV on and watch Good Morning America every morning and be in some sort of, you know, or just, that, that, that's what just comes more naturally. But, you know, I've learned, just like we, I've learned that, that I get a lot more profit and I get a lot more blessing and I get a lot more when I choose something else. But it just it's not but it's not natural. It's something I have to put on. And sometimes I have sometimes it's easier to make the decision to do it than others. Have y'all ever noticed that? Sometimes, you know, I get up and I kind of even have a spiritual little surge, you know. And but but there's many, many, many times when I don't feel spiritual. I don't, you know, I feel I feel like going a whole not opposite direction than being spiritual. I know on Saturday night, Pastor and I try to be spiritual on Saturday night. Not that we're not spiritual all the time, but we don't let ourselves confuse and hear, listen to things that, you know, we try to stay with the waves clear on Saturday night. You know, stay focused on the things of God and so forth. But, you know, that hardly ever comes naturally. I nearly always have a thought of, Man, I'd like to just go plop down and watch TV or something. It hardly ever comes naturally to want to get up in the morning. I know this morning Pastor woke me up, and I just like, I don't, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to wake up. He said, I didn't either. I told him, I don't want to wake up. He said, I didn't want to either. But we had to tell ourselves, you're the pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better wake up, you know. And, 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 you know, there's one this thing about seeking God and turning to God and doing the right thing is afterwards you always feel better. You always are glad you did it. Always, you always get into the flow finally and you always enjoy it. But it just doesn't come naturally, does it? So that's some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Um, if you would turn with me to Philippians 2 and verse 21. Because I, was, I wanted to tell you... The biggest problem that the church has, and this is, I believe this is worldwide. I mean, and I know some, in some areas, it's a bigger problem than in other areas. I can tell you it's not as big a problem in Russia as it is in America. It's not as big a problem in India as it is in America. It's not as big a problem in the church. I'm talking about the church. It's not as big a problem in Iran as it is in America. Amen? But the biggest problem that the church has is selfishness. Self-centeredness. Every problem that we have in this church right now is 
people being selfish. The whole reason this room is not got every member here tonight might be a couple of exceptions. There might be a couple of people on vacation or something, which is fine. But the whole reason they're not here is selfishness. There might be a couple of sick, I mean, but even sometimes that can be selfish. I've noticed that sickness don't keep us from anything but church. I have, I've observed that. I really have. I've noticed people still go to the grocery store. They still go to work mostly. I mean, they might miss a day just when they're really under it, but they, even the next day, if they don't feel that good somehow, and you know, I've noticed that, uh, I've just noticed people work feeling lousy. I noticed, I have a lady that I know, and of course she's not a faith, she's, she's Christian, but she's not faith. And she was sick as a dog at Christmas. And since she wasn't faith, she really was sick as a dog. But I noticed it didn't stop her. She didn't miss a thing at Christmas. She didn't stay home from Christmas. I thought, I bet your relatives loved you because she just went and exposed all of them to it. And since none of them were in faith, I mean, they all got it too. But <laughs> I noticed it don't, it don't stop nothing. Sickness don't stop anything. But one thing it stops quick is church. I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. And why is that selfish? Self-centeredness. You know, rain keeps people from coming to church. That's selfish. Well, I know rain didn't keep you, so I'm trying to stay on stuff, you know, that won't step on your toes. It'll just step on everybody. That <laughs> So y'all will all love me and, you know, won't be mad at me. You know, I really, I don't really care that much. <laughs> I, I do sort of sometimes, but then sometimes I don't all that much. Hallelujah. But, you know, that's the biggest problem in the whole church. You know, the people that have come in and, boy, pledged their allegiance. We've got testimony tapes. We listened to one of them the other day of people that are no longer here anymore that said, Pastor, oh, God, this church, it saved my life. I, you know, and they, we've got testimony on tape where they got up in front of the church. And guess why they're not here? Just one reason. Selfishness. Selfishness. Amen. Amen. So it's easy to say amen about other people, isn't it? Amen. But, you know, there's a lot of things we could point to. And really, when you get down to the root of it all, I mean, why did Satan fall? Self-centeredness, selfishness. Why did Adam fall? Self-centeredness, selfish. I mean, if you just get right down to the root of it all, what is it? And I mean, isn't that that they wanted something that it wasn't theirs to have? They were being selfish about the whole thing. Amen. Let's turn to Philippians. Are y'all on Philippians 2, verse 21? And it says, uh, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. We can just take that scripture right there and look at ourselves and say, You know, what am I seeking? Am I seeking my own? Or am I seeking the things that are Jesus Christ? We know we're told in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And not in a few areas, but in every area. And all these things that you're being so selfish over will be added unto you. I'll give them to you, God says, if you'll seek me first. If you won't be selfish and you'll put my kingdom before your kingdom, I'll give them to you. But if you're selfish and you seek them first, you'll never have any of them. You might get a few, but you won't have the great majority of them. 
You won't be able to hang on to the ones you have. You'll have a lot of trouble. Amen. Won't have any peace. Hallelujah. I mean, is that not right? Because we don't seek the things are, that are Jesus Christ. He's not, he's not really first. And God's going to do a work in 2004. Just be aware. I don't know how He's going to do it. But I know He's going to go to the body of Christ all over the world, all over the United States. And He's going to deal with the body of Christ. I don't know if He's going to do it by signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't know if He's going to do it by appearing in their bedrooms to them. I've prayed for some divine appearances many times. I have come to God and said, God, you appeared to Paul. And I've asked him to appear to some people. Straighten them out. I have. I mean, y'all think I'm kidding, but I have. Amen. I'm like, you're no respecter of persons. And God, Paul was on the wrong road. He was on the wrong path and you appeared to him. And uh, he hasn't answered so far in that area. <laughs> hey, men, I probably asked to spend it upon, you know, because of my, it was probably selfish. But anyway, selfishness, Lord, glory. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. But uh, seeking Jesus' things first, putting everything that's, you know, putting, putting his desire above our desires I, I, I got a little thing to tell y'all. I know you know it. We've said it before. But you know, we have selective hearing. Somebody told me the other day, I wasn't a person in this church, it was somewhere out just when I was in a store or something, and they said, my kids have selective hearing. They just hear me when they want to hear me. And then they just pretend they don't hear. And you know, in the church, in this church, y'all have sometimes selective hearing. Oh, I know when Pastor and I are saying, Bless, blessings are coming. Ooh, I heard that. Hallelujah. But we say, you know, judgment's coming in 2005. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear that. I, you know, and we just walk out sometimes. And, you know, sometimes people like, I'm believing for healing. I'm believing for healing. I'm believing for healing. And you go, okay, change. And they go, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what he wants just listen to the sermons, honey, and do what... See, sometimes we have been taught to discount things that come from the pulpit. In denominational churches, we're taught... It is... We're taught to... to and we came out of those. We're taught to really not respect the pastor and what comes from... We don't respect that as something from God. We don't respect that he's speaking for God and that he's actually talking to us. You know, we just amen when it's good or when it's about somebody else. When it's about us, we don't ever say amen. You need to change. The world needs to change. Amen. <laughs> don't that, that how we do? I mean, all of us, aren't we? Don't we do that? I'm taking responsibility too. Don't we do that? Getting selective, hearing, saying, oh, that's not for me. You know, no. Well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Listen and do whatever said from the pulpit that day, and that'd be a big start. Whatever was said this morning, go home and do it that afternoon. We'd change, wouldn't we? Whatever said tonight, go home and do it tonight. Whatever said Wednesday night, boy, I tell you what, in the end of a month, we'd all be spiritual giants if everybody would just do that. Instead, we're like, I don't know what you want me to do, God. And I hadn't heard from God. He hadn't told me anything. 
What, did you go to church Sunday? Yeah. Well, you didn't hear the sermon? Oh, you mean that was something? See, it's like we're not making the correlation, folks. I mean, really? Because we'd all be healed if we were making the correlation between what's sitting, and we'd all be prospering more than we are, and we'd all be more mature than we are if we were making a correlation, and it's God is taught. We don't go to the Internet and see what sermon that... Um, Church Growth Seminar is trying to publish that week. You know, we're not getting John Maxwell's sermon. or uh, And I, I'm saying things that can be done. You can just load down sermons till you're... Or download, is that a better word? Down, you can download them all day. Hallelujah. We're not doing that. We're downloading them all right. But we're working with the Holy Ghost trying to... Father, what do you want to say today? Father, what, there's something got to be said today that, so that we can go to the next level. And it's all important. Amen? It's all important. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And we, but we, we've been taught that, that we are to be very skeptical of preachers. We're to be skeptical of ministers. We're, you know, that they have their own agenda and so they're, they're really trying to get something from us and that they really don't have our best interest. We've been taught all of those things. Sometimes more subtly than others. Sometimes people have been blatantly been taught that. That's why I love Catholics. I love to get a Catholic that's come out of Catholicism. Because you know what? They've been taught just the opposite. They've been taught believe everything that Father says and believe what the Pope says. So they come out. You know, we've even had them call us Father before. In West Texas, they'd start coming to our church and they'd call him Father. I mean, because that's what you call the preacher in the Catholic church, Father. Right? That's why I love Catholics. You can, you can, you can get them to... They'll, they'll grow too. They'll grow. They'll grow because they really respect what the... You can't hardly find a Baptist that'll respect the pastor. It's hard to find a Baptist that respects the pastor. It is. I'm telling you, I came from there. I know. It's really hard to find a, a church of Christ that respects the pastor. Very hard. Very difficult. Hard to find Pentecostals that really expect the pastor, respect the pastor. But, I, you know, and it's uh, uh, the Presbyterians, they don't know much of anything. They're pretty much a clean slate. <laughs> now, the Lutherans, they don't know nothing neither. And the Methodists know very small amount. They're a little bit more than Presbyterians, but not too much. You know, I'm telling you the truth. Hallelujah. So, but, praise God. First mm, mm, mm. Corinthians thirteen eleven. We don't have um, lots of time left. I know God's going to do some big things in the body of Christ this year because He doesn't have a lot of time left to get some things done. He's going to do some big changing. We're going to do some big changing. I believe in the end of the year you won't even recognize yourself. You know, have you ever sometimes thought about things you did and you've changed so much? Did you ever think about things you did that were not good? You know, they were like sin. And, uh, but you've changed so much that you go, that seems like a different person. That, even, that wasn't even me. That's why, because you've changed. We've changed. Well, that's how we'll be at the end of this year. We'll be going, man, that, 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 that selfish person I was back in January, I'm, I won't even, I, won't, I don't even, that wasn't even me. 
that wasn't even, you know, some people sometimes change so much that they, they don't even, they, they will deny they even did it. Because they don't even, they really don't even recall it because they've changed so much. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Hallelujah. He said, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I, I spoke as a child. What the things I said, they were childish. That's what he said. I understood as a child. And you know, I came to church and I was real childish in my understanding of the sermons. That's what we'll say about ourselves. Boy, I was so childish in the way I understood. I thought as a child. Man, I tell you what, I was just thinking about myself all the time. I thought like a child. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I came, became a mature man in Christ, what did I do? God, I put away childish things. See, it's really up to us, isn't it? He said, I put away. I put away some things. Pastor's talking about getting rid of some things this morning. I having to get rid of some things. I put them away. I put them away because they were childish. They were immature. They were holding me back. They were clogging my pipe. I wasn't going to be able to go to the level of prosperity that I know God has promised because I had some childish things in my life and I needed to put them away. That's what we're going to say about ourselves at the end of the year. But I did it. Amen. I believe we'll do it. 2 Timothy chapter 3. At the end of the year, we won't know ourselves because we're going to change. We're going to change. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You know when you get happy? When you quit thinking about yourself. You know when you get healed? Job got healed when he prayed for his friends. That right there is powerful healing principle right there. Sometimes we just get so focused on self a lot of times. My pain, my, my tiredness, my, 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 you know, we get focused on that. I was reading about um, this famous baseball player. I think it was Lou Gehrig. Is that a famous baseball player? I think it was him. I'll tell y'all for sure next week. And they said that after he quit playing baseball, they x-rayed him. He had 17 broken places in his fingers. Some of his fingers were broken multiple times, but he never stopped. You know, and when you have a broken bone, you don't have to move it for it to hurt. It just aches without moving it. You can just, just, just standing there looking at it, it aches. Just, but he just kept on. He just kept playing. Hallelujah. We got to stay in the game, folks. We got to stay in the game. We got, you know, we're just too weak in 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 in, West, in the West here, in the in the United States. We're too weak. There's Christians. I, I mean, you know, some people, well, you know, angel food made us tired. <laughs> you know, really, I've I've been the same way. Yeah. Oh God, I'm just whooped when I go home. Well, you couldn't go to the mission field. You know. 
or we're, or we're selfish about, well, I just, you know, selfish about giving our time at the church. I know when we first started Angel Food, uh, you know, because Friday's our day off. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but we don't show our face and try not to, you know, unless you want to party. You know, we don't really answer the phone too much. We don't want them to have any counseling appointments. We don't do none of that. But once a month, during when we first started Angel Food, back when, you know, the truck and all, you know, when it was really hard, the pastor had to give all of Friday to Angel Food. So, you know, at first it was like, man, you know, just you could have a real bad attitude real fast. Because when you miss your day off and you know what it's like, I know how, you say, well, I'm not selfish like that. Oh, yeah, we could plan for something for Saturday morning. A lot of you just, you just can't do it because Saturday's it. Uh, but anyway, uh, Pastor, we had those selfish thoughts. But then, you know, we dealt with them. And here's how we dealt with them. Pastor would just say, well, God didn't ask me to go to Russia. And so I'm just going to call this my mission field day. I'm on the mission field. And, you know, it's not so tough when you think about it. Like, well, you know, it's just one day. I'll be in it about 7 o'clock. Sometimes it's more like 11 o'clock, you know, that he would get in that, in that night when, that, when we were wrestling with that truck. But we just looked at it like the mission field. Amen? You know, there's a lot of people suffering a lot of things worse than we are because they love Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce bakers, Breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. You know, I, sometimes we look at this and go, yeah, I'm going to turn away from those kind of people. Well, no, he's saying turn away from those kind of things, I think. Turn away from those kind of things. The first two have to do with selfishness. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And then the last one really has to do with selfishness. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Do we like pleasure more than we love doing what God's asked us to do? Folks, you know what God's asked us to do? Not just me and Pastor. He's asked us to build the kingdom in Tuscaloosa County. And you know, I'm telling you, God's had a hard time finding people willing to do it. Just willing to have the, the gumption and the stick-to-itness. You can tell by looking around that he's had trouble finding people in Tuscaloosa County that would pay a price for him to get the word of faith in here. And some of them, because of ignorance, they don't even know there'll be a word of faith. They think they got it all already. But then some, know. I'm like, where are all the people that live to Brother Copeland every day? Where are they? They're selfish, I can tell you. They're selfish about they're selfish about grandma being buried out the back of the church. They're selfish about changing. They don't want to change and they don't do it just like we do it over in that church. They've even visited some of them, not all of them. They're selfish about, oh, I got a, a, you know, but my Sunday school class wants me. They're selfish about all sorts of stuff. God's trying to do something here in Tuscaloosa County. And it's not just me and Pastor that are called, but all of y'all are called too. And I'm going to tell you something. We need some help. We need some help in attendance. Because we got over a hundred and something people that are on the roll that count themselves as members 
or, you know, I don't know if they count themselves as ministers, but if you ask them, who, where's my church? They'd say, well, I go to that Word of Life church. We got a hundred and something people that are just flat out, and, 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 and a great two-thirds of them are selfish. And that we're selfish too in some areas, I might add. Amen? Because we don't always choose, the, we don't always say, God, how can I build the kingdom here? Yes. Oh, what's going to be the best way to build the kingdom today? No, it's what's best for me today. Because, and then, you know, we need, sometimes visitors come in and we lose them just because there wasn't, there wasn't anybody, like that couple this morning, there was nobody around them. How would you like to feel like you're sitting in the middle of a room and there's nobody around you? It's uncomfortable. I'm telling you, if they keep coming, it's gonna, they're tough, I can tell you. I'm believing they are. She's an answered prayer. Remember Rita? Summer of 2002, her and I prayed. Uh, for uh, we'd never had a Hispanic in this church, never had an Oriental. We prayed for Hispanic. The very next week, the De La Torres and all them showed up. And, and that was answered prayer. And this is the first time an Oriental's ever set their foot in this church. Was this morning. She was answered prayer. I was like, yes, you're answered prayer. You don't even know it. And you're answered prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but we got to have some help. We got to have some help. And God's not just holding me and him responsible. He's holding all, everybody in this room and everybody else that's not in this room, he's holding them responsible. We need, boy, we need help when it comes to singing. We need help in that. We need help in tithes and offerings. I mean, we need help. And it's not all about you folks. It's about the kingdom. It's not about me and pastor. It's about God's kingdom. And, what, and, and you know, we got to have some help in prayer. We don't have anybody in the prayer room most time. We had three tonight. Why didn't we have only three? Selfishness. My plans, my what I need to do. I'm tired. I, can't only, I can only do so much. That's selfish. Why don't you stretch a little and God might make you able to do more. You might quit being tired even. You know people are tired because of lack of activity more than because of activity. The tiredest people in town are the ones that sitting in chairs. It's not the ones that's jogging around the track down at Gold's Gym. It's not Melissa running five miles every day. She's not the tiredest one. It's the ones of us that are working all the time. <laughs> we're the ones. We're tired. Tired. Real tired. You know, tired's worse than tired. I mean, you're really tired when you're tired, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need some help, folks, in the prayer room. I need some help in the prayer room. It's time for y'all to start. You know, Pastor said, somebody got a word tonight. No. You know why you didn't? Selfishness. I just don't believe that every time we go in that prayer room, I'm the only one that has anything. I don't believe that God's not speaking to nobody else in this church but me and Pastor. I think you're selfish. I think you're afraid of what people will think, and that's selfish. I think you're afraid you'll miss God, and that's selfish. You're going to miss God. I go home and cry sometimes because I think I missed Him. You're going to miss Him. But you're selfish if you don't try anyway. What are we going to do? we just going to let the city die and go to hell because we were so selfish that we couldn't take a risk? I mean, do you ever go home feeling just like a fool, Kevin? 
Yeah, because, you know, I tell you what happens. You feel so good in service. Man, you're just running, and you, or you're prophesying. You feel good, but when that anointing lifts, you feel like the biggest idiot that ever walked the face of the earth. I mean, it's been, I've gone home so many times and like, oh, God, oh, God. Till my husband just gets so tired of hearing it, and the pastor just have to slap me around a little. To, well, I don't mean literally, but I mean it's like, straighten that up, stop that. That is, a, you know, that kind of slapping around. I can't take it anymore. He's threatened me. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't take the heat, if you can't do it and be in faith afterwards, you just aren't going to get to do it. He's told me that. Because it's real easy. Well, I don't, it's not easy for y'all, evidently, but it's easy. Sometimes it's easy for me to get out there further than I am. Bigger than I am. And I go home and, boy, the natural man rises back up and you go, Oh, God, I didn't want to be a fool. I didn't want to embarrass myself. You know, when are we going to start being bold out in the marketplace? And quit being embarrassed. That's selfish. I know I have been too. I have been too. We're going to have to take some risks, aren't we, Lawrence? I know I was in Walmart recently in the little checker. Pastor, and the next week, Pastor talked about the checker. I hadn't even told him. God, God's on my case. And she said, I got a splitting headache. And I just, blah, 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 blah. You know, I just, I was selfish. I was, I was selfish. I'm like, I get home and I go, what? You didn't know her. You'll probably never see her again. Why in the world would I care what she thought? Selfish. Well, we going we to let them go to hell? We going to let them die all die of cancer? I just wonder sometimes. You know, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked him and he told him to feed my sheep, tend my lambs. Amen. You know, God's so concerned about what's flowing out of us. We're so concerned about what God's going to flow into us. You know, money cometh. But he's real concerned about what's flowing out of us. We got so much jicky tithing going on in this church, it needs to be corrected. I mean, we're veiling it and hiding it. We don't want pastor to know what we really make. And so we hide it and we, oh, I don't know, I can't even tell you all the screwy things that are on the, Offering envelopes. I think you ought to want the pastor to know you're a tither, bless God. I mean, we call it everything. I mean, really. Jesus, help me. We're selfish. Why would you? It's selfish. Pride. This is a clog in our pipe. Do we want to go to the... Pro you know, you just forget. If you can't tithe on... 500, just forget having a thousand. You know, we're like Pastor said this morning, Brother Copeland said this this week, so I'm going to lay it off on him, okay? But, uh, he, and this is true, and I just thought about myself, and because I actually believed God this year and wrote my goals, personal goals, not the church, personal. I believed God for us a million dollars. I believed for it. But, you know, I heard Brother Copeland say, Okay, what kind of seeds it going to take to get a million? Well, he said, and this is on his program, I either, no, I guess it was last week. It was when Leroy was on. It was week, not this past week, but the one before. Uh, Leroy Thompson. <laughs> okay, at a hundredfold return, what's it going to take to get a million? It's 
going to take a $10,000 seed if you can get a hundredfold return. I hadn't been getting a hundredfold, so it may take a little bigger one for me. Now, I've got a hundredfold a few times. Pastor and I have gotten one. The church, our church in Seminole got a hundredfold return once. We sold $4,000 and got a $400,000 building out of a $4,000 seed. To Willie, we sent the seed to Willie George Oral Robertson. Can't remember who else. Maybe that was it. And, uh, uh, but usually I don't get a hundredfold, but I get a return. I do get a return, but I'm not, I'm not proficient yet at getting a hundredfold. But it's going to take a $10,000 seed. So here's what Brother Copeland said. He said, you know, you say, well, I don't got a $10,000 seed. He said, well, you got to sow a seed to get the seed. So if you need a $10,000 seed, what's you going to have to sow? You're going to have to sow probably, what, $100, the mathematicians tell me. Uh, I, if I'm not getting a, you know, but the bottom line is, is you're not going to get it with a quarter, folks. You know, and you, and you know, some of us, we've, I, I'm real comfortable sewing $100. I can do that just like that, drop of a hat. I'm comfortable. That doesn't stretch me. I got to stretch a little. Man, if I'm going to get to a million, I'm going to have to stretch. I mean, a thousand kind of stretches me. I've done it several times, Pastor, and I've done it, and it stretches me a little. Not as much as, I, I, we've sold a $5,000 seed. I'm talking about lump sum seed. I'm not talking about taking it a dollar in time in the next five years you've got 5000 <laughs> Yeah, I'm not talking about that. That's not going to get you a million dollars. How many of you want to be a millionaire in here? We'll start thinking $10,000. How many of you just like to have 5000 this year? Start thinking $500 seed, and then probably maybe two or three times. Because, you know, remember, I'm not getting that hundredfold yet. That's kind of 30, 60, hundredfold. Sometimes we're back in the 30 more than we are in the... Sometimes we're not even to 30. We could use that for a goal. Hallelujah. God's concerned with what's flowing into us but we've been so concerned about what's flowing into us we hadn't been near as concerned about what's flowing out of us amen god wants to deliver us from ourselves he wants us to be strength for others he said peter feed my sheep he wants us to be food for others he wants us to be thinking about others he wants us to be getting up on Sunday morning and saying, I don't feel like going to church. Well, yeah, but what would help Pastor Billings would be a nice thought. You know, even if you can't think about what would help God, what would help the kingdom this morning? Well, you, you, you know, well, you know, I don't, you know, I just tired of whiny Christians. You know, and I, I'm so, you know, God's, I just believe God's going out into the Tuscaloosa County all and all over the world this year, and he's going to get a hold of the submarine Christians, the ones that surface at Easter and Christmas. Hallelujah. See, I'll talk about us for a while, and I'll talk about them. Because you're here on Sunday night, so you're not a submarine Christian. You know, you, you go, well, you know, I, I just come to get something at church. Well, we need to come to give something. You know, there's a cross-pollination in church. And there's a, there's a giving out that God's concerned about. Hallelujah. Let's turn to another scripture, Proverbs 18.1. There's a bunch of Christians in Tuscaloosa County, we'll get on them for a while, that are just staying home and they're isolating themselves. Why? Because they're selfish. And they're prideful. They think they know more than anybody. 
Don't, let's don't go there ourselves. Proverbs 18.1. Is I in the right place? Through desire a man having separated himself. Now that's not it. Wrote down the wrong scripture. But um, mm, mm, mm. talks about isolating yourself. The scripture I'm looking for, y'all. That's it? I didn't see that word. Isolation. Okay, I must have got it in a different version. Okay. In one version it says, he, a, a, a man will isolate himself. And it's not wise to isolate yourself. Let's go on to Ephesians 4.16. I didn't really write down my version there. It was probably the New Living Translation or something. Ephesians 4.16. Boy, I tell you, I'm getting heated up in here. Ephesians 4.16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together... And compacted that by that which every joint supplieth. Every joint supplieth. You're a joint and you've got a supply. And you're supposed to be given your supply, the supply of the Spirit. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase in the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You know why? It's not pastor and me that need to do more. I mean, we could always do more. But it's the, it's the joints that need to start supplying in this church. We need to start, the, and, and it's not, I'm not even preaching so much at y'all. I mean, a lot of y'all are men children's ministry, but we could all do more. We could all do more. We could all press. You know, we could get, we ought to give our best to the children. We ought to do our best every time. We ought to give our best in prayer. We ought to give our best at any time ushering. We ought to be the best. We ought to be spirit led. We ought to be the most honoring, the most. We ought to give our best because it's the Lord God we serve. People are, just a, people are just the avenue, but it's God we're serving. And so every part does its share. Uh, in Luke 12, 48, there's a, there's a judgment coming. And part of the reason is this. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. By any, like Pastor says, by any other nation's standard, by most nations' standards, you, the least in this church, is just rich, 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 rich. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ephesians, no, I'm, excuse me, Luke 12, 48. But he that know not, knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. Whoever is given much, much is required. Y'all, we got a lot. A lot. All of us have a lot. And God's going to hold an accounting here. He's going to hold an accounting because we've been given a bunch. We need to start doing something with it. Amen. We need to quit being selfish. Self-centeredness and selfishness is blatant immaturity. It's just immaturity. The body of Christ, it's time to grow up. Tell yourself right now, say it's time. For me to grow up. We come as far as we can go. I wrote this down from the Holy Ghost. In blessing until we deal with our selfishness. Until we deal with deception. And until we deal with disobedience. Maturing means we grow out of our selfish state. Turn to Romans 15. This is vegetable night. We're having vegetables tonight. Amen. And it's not black-eyed peas and fried taters either, is it? It's those, it's that Brussels sprouts. And 
what else? Beets and all those things that aren't near so tasty. Hallelujah. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. God's, we're responsible, folks. We're responsible. You got a supply inside of you. You got a supply. You know, it's like, well, I, I don't know. I don't understand the way Miss Debbie prays. We'll get over it. Change. Change. You might could learn something new. Because I know, I, I don't even, you know, I'm just trying to learn. I'm just going in with Miss Billis when we were in Birmingham, going in, listening to Lynn Hammond pray. I bought a set of tapes, watching, listening to Lucy McKee tape. I bought, paid $70 for a set of tapes from Lucy McGee down there at Ozark, Alabama. She's Lynn's sister, and she's got a prayer ministry too. Paid $70. God, I never paid $70. I went up to the desk with this set of tapes to pay out. I'm like, $70? You love yourself, lady. That's what I thought to myself. <laughs> I thought, boy, you think you are hot stuff. <laughs> but then I got to counting the tapes. I think it's like 12 tapes. I mean, it's not really that much a piece. But, you know, like I just never had paid that much for a set of tapes. And I was embarrassed to say, I, I don't think I want those at that price. Uh, that guy, the guy at her table had already said, oh, you're from Tuscaloosa. Oh, I'm from Tennessee, but I'm a Bama real tight. And I was like, I couldn't tell him. I don't want these tapes. No, so I took them. And, you know, she just prays on there. I'm like, I paid $70 to listen to you pray? I want to hear some teaching, you know. And she, most of it, like, she prays, but, you know, and I was like, I don't like the way she prays. It makes me uncomfortable. Tough. Get over it. Quit being selfish. Grow up. Change. Mature. There's more than one way to skin the cat. There's more than one way to pray. And we might ought to change because I don't see Tuscaloosa County being as far along as a whole bunch of places that I've seen. So maybe the prayers in Tuscaloosa County ought to do some changing. Or maybe some of them ought to just start praying. Hallelujah. Glory. See, we got can't, you know, we're always trying to please ourselves. Well, you know, huh? You know, I feel uncomfortable in prayer. Well, I do too half the time. I just have to sometimes just say, no, I'm going to push back all past all these feelings. And, you know, and just see what I can just find in the Spirit to give out. Because I do, I feel uncomfortable a lot of times in prayer. Y'all make me uncomfortable sometimes in prayer. Because I feel like I'm dragging people in prayer sometimes. Karen, you ever feel like you're dragging them? Yep. And she, she didn't nod real big, but she did nod. <laughs> I'm just kidding her. So we got to get up, quit being selfish. Proverbs 12. I'm, I'm just talking about, I guess I'm being selfish tonight. I'm just talking about my stuff to quit being selfish about. <laughs> We're having work night at the church. Boy, I tell you, selfishness rises up in this body when you call work night. It rises up all over. And sometimes it's like, we, can, you know, really, just because we have a good reason doesn't mean it's not a selfish reason. Because we're not here on this earth to build us a good, a big business. So we can get a lot of glory and make a lot of money. 
We're here to do what God tells us to do every day of the week, every hour of the day. Well, you don't understand, Miss Debbie. I got bills. Yeah, I understand. We'll compare. And we'll stack all of ours and all the churches and all together and then the ones you're believing for. We ought to have some help believing. Amen. A lot more than we're getting. And not just from y'all. I, I think every one of y'all to give by tape tonight and give it to the other members of this church. You say, well, Miss Debbie, why don't y'all just give it to them? Because then, right? And you know something else? We're going to have to start getting bold with people. Oh, I, I, I don't know where y'all are at, but let me just turn you to another scripture. Some of you need to warn some people. I'm Ezekiel chapter 3. I don't know. I'm not selfish tonight, so I may go. I'm gonna may finish. I, I, I want to finish this, so the Lord won't ask me to preach it again next week. Because I'm, I guess, because I'm selfish. Hallelujah. <laughs> three Ezekiel three seventeen. Uh, and I'm talking. He got talking to us here. See, we like to say, you know, Brother Osteen had us say, "This is God speaking to me." But we like to say this is God speaking to me when it's my God shall supply all my need. That's God speaking to me, but this ain't God speaking to me. Yeah, this is God speaking to you. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word of my mouth and give them warning from me. And then here it says about the wicked. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. That's talking about the wicked. I, I was really happy when I read that part because I thought, oh, good, it's the wicked. you know. But then I read the next verse, 19. Yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not from his way. Oh, the, verse 20. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because thou hast not given him warning. This is talking about the righteous. He shall die in his sin and his righteousness which he had done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. None that nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul. You know, we're required to warn people. Not just the wicked. Oh, I'm warning you, you're going to go to hell. Turn or burn. You know, I'm warning you. If you don't turn, you're going to burn. That just makes me want to get saved, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, but we're, we're required to warn the righteous. I, want, I, I think God's going to call on some of you, go up to some of the people in this church and say, I'm warning you, you're selfish and you need to change this year because judgment's coming in 2005. Well, I, I'm afraid they wouldn't speak to me. Well, God would like you. <laughs> God would like you still. They didn't like Jeremiah neither. Jeremiah was the prophet that never had one convert. Well, how would you like to preach all the years he preached and not one person ever, not one person ever turned? Whew, that's tough, isn't it? Are we at Romans 12? I don't even know what it says, but we'll find out when we get there. Romans 12, 3. I wrote it down. It must have been important. Verse 3, I think. For I say through the grace given to me every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly 
than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. We're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We're supposed to think of ourselves soberly. We're not to be puffed up about who we are, but we got to recognize we're members of a body, and we don't all have the same office, so that means I can't stand in your office and do what you're supposed to do effectively. If you're supposed to do it, I can't do it for you. But you can't stand in my office and do what I'm supposed to do effectively. So if I don't do my job, it goes undone. And if you don't do your job, it goes undone. And the body suffers. The body of Christ suffers. Amen? Luke 22. We're, we're winding down here. Hallelujah. Don't you lose love repentance sermons? I do. Amen. Well, I love for God to correct me. I don't want to, oh God, I don't want to be believing for prosperity. Oh God, I'm believing for prosperity and, and there, I'm never going to get there if I don't change and he didn't tell me I needed to change. That is just like a horrible thought for me to be. The, it's horrible for me to think that I would be in the same financial condition next year at the end of the year or next January that I am right now. That is a horrible thought. Especially if I've sown seed every service and I am the very same next year. Now, if that's going to be the case, let's, you know what we sowed last year, we could take one, one whale of a vacation. And so if, it's, if nothing's going to change, let's just, so I need to find out, well, you know, i got to find out. And so God's told me, Debbie, you're going to have to quit being selfish. I know he told me this a lot of years ago. I didn't know it, but this little lady came in our church in Seminole, and I'd never seen her before, and she came to our ladies' prayer meeting one morning. Like, I mean, you know, you won't wonder where you came from. You're a little strange. You know, God's prophets are always a little strange. You know, John the Baptist was a little strange. Jeremiah was kind of strange. And she was kind of strange, and she said, she told me, she said, be poured out like a drink offering. You know, that is just not, God's going to bless you by this time next year. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I don't want to give no more than I, of myself than I am giving. But you know, God was saying, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, God's telling you, quit being selfish. You know, there's never a time that it's okay to be selfish. It's not okay for little kids. It's the parent's responsibility to beat that out of them. I mean, it is. I mean, when I say beat, I don't mean bruises I mean get the paddle and paddle their little fannies there's not a time teenagers don't have a right to be selfish amen college kids don't have a right to be selfish Eric told me one day that I'll share this little part I mean I thought it was a nice little theology he had he had formed his own little theology he said I was I was you know he said well pretty soon I'll be older and I'll have responsibilities to other people, like I guess he was meaning someday I'll have a wife and children, and I won't be able to be selfish, so this is a good time for me. <laughs> and that's kind of all how we kind of do it, isn't it? We kind of think, well, this is a good time to be selfish, you know, because pretty soon, Kevin, you know, you're kind of in the same boat, and pretty soon, you know, and, and pretty soon, you know, you know, it's kind of, you know, pretty soon you can't be, I'll just get on all of y'all that are... You know, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I, hallelujah. <laughs> you forgive me, right? Amen. He didn't mean it. He was kidding. Amen. He's not a selfish kid. He hasn't ever been a selfish kid. 
Hallelujah. Pro- Matthew, uh, I mean any more than other kids. I mean, you know, I guess when he was little, I don't remember if they were selfish or not, but I'm sure they fall over toys and stuff. But Matthew 10, 8, I put that behind me. Hallelujah. I know one thing, they got whipped a lot, so they must have been doing something wrong. Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. God's been so good to us. We could never pay it back. We could just go, we could just sow and we could give all we had and we couldn't pay back all he's done for us. Hallelujah. Do y'all agree? I mean, I agree with that myself. I agree with myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, I got a lot of notes. I think I better quit. Let's turn to one more scripture and we'll quit on this one. Luke 22. Oh, Jesus, I don't want to preach the rest of this next week. Hallelujah. Huh? Luke 22, 31. If you're, if you're not, you'll be what? Well, I know what Miss Debbie's preaching tonight. Mm. God, can I have a big headache? <laughs> have you ever wished you could get sick? I have. I literally have wanted to get sick so I wouldn't have to go to school, go to work. God, I wish I could be sick. That is, that's sick. <laughs> that is sick. Hallelujah. Not lately have I done that, but I have done that. Oh, Jesus. You know, uh, I read about this man that said, this preacher that said every time he used his kids for as an example, he made a pact with them. If I use you for an example, without asking, I have to give you like $20 or something. Amen. <laughs> See, I'm up here under conviction because I used him for an example. I just, you know, so. Mm. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, uh, strengthen thy brethren. You know, God saves us out of things. He, He delivers us. The devil comes against us. He delivers us. And he says, you know, it's all free. Everything's free. You don't have to work to get God to bless you. You don't have to work for healing. You don't have to work for, you don't have to work to get anything. You know when, what you have to do? You have to pay back afterwards. <laughs> you don't have to earn it, but you have to pay it back. You don't have to earn salvation. It was free, but you got to pay it back. Why? How you got to do it? Go tell others. You have to pay God back. He delivers you out of a big mess. You got to pay it back. What you got to do? Strengthen the brethren. Go strengthen the brethren. Go encourage. Freely you have received. Freely give. God gives you, oh man, you got a bill. And God sends a thousand dollars in. You didn't have to earn it. Guess what? You got to pay it back. You got to pay it back. You got to go help somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm changing. I'm changing. Are you? I'm going to change. I made up my mind. I'm going to change. I've put away some things since the end of 2003. I've put away some things that were childish. I have. I've put away some things. I'm not going to tell you. Y'all don't want y'all to stay here all night and listen to all the stuff I've put away, but i put away some things. I'm changing. 
because I want to go higher. I don't want to get to heaven and the Lord say, oh, you could have had so much. I want to get it all. Amen. I want to prosper in ways I've not prospered before. And I know that i got to press. So let's stand up together. And uh, just make a decision in your heart.